Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Is there anybody excited in the house tonight to know that we serve a risen Savior, that He's still on the throne, that He's still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think? If you are, if you turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Chronicles chapter number 15, 1 Chronicles chapter number 15, and I do apologize for my voice in advance. Um, I don't know, well, I lost it over the weekend, and I do apologize that you have to deal with a raspy voice. Um, it's not my intention tonight, but I do apologize. Uh, the book of First Chronicles, chapter number 15, one very short verse. And it states, And David made him houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched for it a tent. David prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched for it a tent. For a few moments tonight, I would just like to preach to you preparing for the miracle. Preparing for the miracle. And if you believe that God has got miracles in store for your life, would you just clap your hands to the Lord tonight? By a show of hands, if you are a planner and a preparer, just raise your hand. If you are one that likes to plan and likes to prepare. All right. All right. There's several of us in the room. And if you're just more of a let's just see what happens type of person, would you raise your hand? All right. I found some new friends in the room. I, um, it's really interesting. I can be a very meticulous planner. Um, it just depends on what we're talking about. For example, if it's something that I'm really passionate about and really engaged in, uh, I'm going to take time and I'm really going to plan it. If it is something that I am just like, we'll see what happens, and I, you know, we'll just kind of go with the flow, then I'll just go with the flow. Um, however, usually people that are planners usually end up marrying people that are not planners. And I just felt a witness in the Holy Ghost in here. Looking around, nobody, everybody eyes ahead. My wife, we just got back from vacation. She planned everything to a T, and I was thinking about it. I was like, man, there was so much planning involved. I probably, even if I was planning all of this, would not have planned nearly to the detail that she did. However, um, there are times in our lives where we can fail to prepare. And when you fail to prepare, more often than not, good things do not happen. For example, if you fail to prepare to get to the airport early, you can potentially miss your flight, right? Or if you fail to prepare, if you've got small children to pack a diaper bag and they're still wearing diapers, it could be a very long evening for you as a parent. None of these things have ever happened to me, of course, because I just trust everybody else is going to prepare everything. We're going to be all right. But if you do not prepare, there are times where you can encounter failure. I'll never forget, growing up, uh, I took the SATs. I still think kids take the SATs. I think they grade them a little bit different. But I had done some studying for the SAT, but uh, I think I shared this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I am not much of a test taker. It doesn't matter. I could study for months, and I will still probably either just pass or maybe not pass. Who knows? 
Who knows? It's a 50-50 chance. Um, but I took the SAT very seriously in high school. I wanted to make sure that I got good grades. Uh, but I, for whatever reason, the date that the SAT was just began to slip my mind. Now, if I had prepared, it would have been on my calendar. I would have been circling the date. I would have known that it was going to be this Saturday. However, it was not. And I'll never forget, I got home from uh, we had a we some of our friends had a basketball party that night because we had had a game the night before and I stayed up we were just hanging out playing video games doing what high school kids did having pizza and I never forget I get a um, phone call from my mother she goes hey where are you and I said well I'm at this person's house and she goes you realize you've got SATs in less than twelve hours right I hear some laughing and you know where this story's going. And I'm like, come again, mother? And she's like, you've got SATs in less than 12 hours. Now, again, failing to prepare, right? I'm like, oh, well, the SATs are just at the local public school. Everything's going to be all right. The next morning, my mom is kind enough to remind me that I, the SATs were not at the local high school. They were, in fact, an hour away. Care to guess who the last person walking in was as they were closing the door, getting a paper and a pencil from them? That was me. Now, There are probably circumstances and things in this room that if we were to go around, we'd all have a story about failing to prepare. However, in our walk and our relationship with God, it is imperative that we prepare for things. You see, the enemy is preparing every day to try and to wreck your relationship with God without fail. Because he knows if you've got a relationship with God, that if you are living an overcoming lifestyle, that you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. He knows that if you are living an overcoming lifestyle and that you are worshiping the one true living God and you are making disciples and and living a life that is pleasing to the Lord, that you will then tell other people who may not be and they may say, I want to go on the same journey that you are. So the enemy is preparing to your demise every single day. Let's just start with that. That's the baseline. But I have come tonight to just remind somebody that we, as the children of God, have the opportunity to prepare for not only just living a a, a godly lifestyle, but to live an overcoming and conquering lifestyle through our relationship with God. If there are those in the world that can live a lifestyle that is not pleasing to God, that would tell me that there are those in the body of Christ that can live a lifestyle that is extremely pleasing to God. And so tonight, with the baseline being that we can prepare our lives to live with God, we can also prepare for the miracles that God can bring to his children. You see, throughout the Bible, It is littered with preparation and showing that God wants to do great and mighty things and that he is always planning for great and mighty things. You see, the Bible talks about that God prepares creation and then he decides to make man. 
I find that so interesting that God spends days planning everything else and then he says it's time to make man. Why? Because he did not want man to show up to something that was barren and show up to something that was void. But rather, God showed man what he could have from day one was that it was something that was perfect. It was something that it was holy. It was something where God said, you can do anything, but you have to stay away from this. So God was giving us an illustration to say that God has great and perfect things in store for his people. So God was preparing. Then we fast forward and God prepares when he says and he tells Noah to build an ark and it's never rained up until this point. But he says, Noah, there is a flood that is coming. And he says, I want you to prepare to build an ark. Why? Because there is something that has never happened before that is going to come and it is going to happen. And I just feel led of the Holy Ghost in this moment to tell somebody that just because you've never seen it with your own eyes does not mean that God cannot do it. You may have never seen the blinded eyes open, but God still opens the blinded eyes. You may have never seen the dead raised, but God is still raising the dead. You may have never seen a backslider come back to Christ, but let me just tell you, there are backsliders that are coming back by the thousands every single day. And I have come to remind somebody tonight that it might be time to prepare for a miracle. You see that God continues to work throughout the Old Testament. And he tells his people and he tells Moses, he says it is time to prepare to leave Egypt. He tells them that it is time to pack up the belongings. It's time to pack up and it's time to make a blood offering and it's time to put the blood on the doorposts and it's time to prepare to go to a place where you're not even going to have to plant the trees for the fruit. You're not even going to have to build the houses. Everything is already going to be there. What was God showing his children again? He said, I've gone already to a place. I've prepared it for you. It looks a whole lot like the New Testament when Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for my my people, what am I trying to say tonight? It might be time for some of us to stop worrying and stop wallowing in self-pity and say, I'm going to start preparing for a miracle. I may not see it with my own eyes right now, but I'm going to start preparing for the great and the mighty things of God. And then we get through our text chapter where David is in this situation. I love this story. I've preached from this story many times, but I love how David operates. You see, David, they've messed up. In 1 Chronicles 15, where our text chapter was, they've already messed up. Uzzah's already died. The ark has already stayed at Obed-Edom's house. But David says it's time to bring the ark back. The reason why was David heard that the blessings of the Lord were at Obed-Edom's house, somebody that should have never been blessed. But David said, you know, what if God is blessing Obed-Edom? What is God going to do when we bring the ark back? And he says it's time to go bring the ark back. But I love the narrative of 1 Chronicles 15. It states, and David made him house, houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God. David knew that even though he had already messed up, that God was still faithful. You see, the enemy is so easy to try and convince some of us that because we've messed up, it disqualifies us from future miracles and future acts of God. 
But somebody that learns how to repent and lay themselves on the altar of sacrifice and can sit there and say, God, I might have messed up. There might be an other in my past. There might be some mess in my past. But God, I have come tonight to lay myself on the altar because I've got to start preparing myself for a miracle. I've got to start preparing myself for the great and the mighty things of God. I've got to start preparing myself so that I can see God move all over again. And I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Let's just lift our hands right now to the Lord all across this place. Let me just tell somebody, the enemy cannot disqualify you. His words and his lies, may they may try to. But I've come tonight on the authority of God to tell you that, the God, that God said your sins are as far as the east is from the west. That there is no disqualification when we lay ourselves on the altar of repentance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so... David then, us is in the past. He says it is time to get the ark back. Before the ark ever enters the city, David prepared a place for the ark. Man, I just love how the Bible is so descriptive. And it, it could have breezed over that. I mean, it did not have to tell us that. We would have just assumed that when they brought the ark back that there was already a place for it. But before the ark was ever back, David said, I'm going to prepare a place for it. Why? What was David saying? He was saying, listen, I may not see the ark walking through the doors yet, but I know that it's going to go right here. I may not see the answer that I've been praying for, but I know what I'm going to do when it gets here. And I've just come simply to remind somebody that maybe you need to shout when you don't see the answer. Maybe you need to shout in the midst of the valley. Maybe you need to worship in the midst of the valley and say, I may not see the ark walking back through. I may not see the glory of the Lord coming back to my life yet, but I'm going to start praying preparing for the miracle. I'm going to start preparing when my lost children come back. I'm going to start preparing when all of the things that I've been seeking God for start to happen. Hallelujah. So David begins to prepare a place and then the ark comes back. Now what I love again about the Bible is they bring the ark back. The most holy thing that Israel has in this moment And they have, they bring it back, and David begins to dance before the Lord. We know the story. And again, I find it so interesting. David prepared a place. The ark comes back, and David dances. David danced when he got the miracle. David danced because it was was done. But Michal, David's wife, looks from down from the window and sees David dancing and begins to be shamed because she thinks that a king should not be acting like this. And let me just make a statement here. The reason that Michal thinks that a king should not be dancing like that because her dad was Saul. The only ever kingship she ever saw was an angry and bitter king because her dad had the throne ripped from him when Samuel brought judgment. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It is important how we live our lifestyle. It is important that our children, that our kids see somebody, see mom and dad that's the same in church and outside of church. And the reason being is they don't need to be worried when they see mom and dad just begin to worship. They don't need to worry when they see mom and dad just get a hold of God in their house, in their kitchen. The reason being is is that Michael was so angry with David. 
She said, there's no way a king should be acting like this. But David said, you don't understand. What just happened is when we prepared for the miracle, God answered and did the miracle. It is time for some of us to just say, you know what? I've been seeking, I've been praying, and God, all I know how to do now is just to begin to prepare like it's already been done. God, I've, I've told you that I'll run around the church when my lost loved ones come back, when my lost children come back. Maybe it's time to run around in faith. God, I told you that if I get this job, I'll begin to tithe, I'll begin to do this. Maybe it's time to just begin to tithe and you might not have the job. God, I told you that I would do. Maybe it's just time to say, God, I'm going to start preparing for the miracle right now, here tonight, so that I can see great and mighty things. And so the miracle was prepared by David. And so we see that if we fast forward to the New Testament, Jesus comes and he begins to tell his disciples He begins to do his earthly ministry, and he begins to prepare immediately. Long before he even started his earthly ministry, Jesus was already preparing. In fact, it was him who was lost, and his parents didn't even know why. It was because he was back at the temple, and he was already preparing to to school the religious on their thoughts and on their beliefs. And then it would be Jesus who would then come to, he'd find a group of disciples, find a group that would follow him. And as they began to follow him, they began to see great and mighty things. And Jesus said, I'm going to send you out by two so that you can lay hands on the sick, watch them recover so that you can cast out devils in my name. And Jesus tells them, and they come back and they say, Lord, we did all of these things. And he said, those things are great, but don't be so excited, but more excited about the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus was giving them a preview that these things are going to happen. And then he goes on to tell them, He said that these signs shall follow them that believe. And he says, in my name you will cast out devils. In my name you will lay hands on the sick. In my name you're going to see the blind eyes open. In my name. And he's preparing them for what's about to happen when he leaves. Jesus spends his whole time preparing for his departure. But as he's doing so, he's bringing along the disciples and telling them that there is something that is about to happen. And what you need to do as disciples is begin to prepare as if it's already done. You need to prepare as if you've already laid hands on the sick and you've seen them recover. Because then he tells them, the works that I've done, you're going to do, but greater. Jesus was not telling them a cute story or just tell, hoping that their egos would get big and saying, well, this is what we're, no, no, no. He was telling them and giving them a glimpse of saying and preparing their mindset that whatever we encounter, Jesus is good enough. Whatever we come to, the word of God is good enough. Whatever we walk into, the name of Jesus is great enough. So now the disciples are going. And they're beginning to move as the Lord has told them. Well, then Jesus tells them, and we know the story. I'm not, I'm not giving anybody anything you don't know tonight. But Jesus goes and then to, he hangs on the cross. And then he dies and he rises again. And they're standing around. The disciples are worried and hiding. And Jesus comes to them. And he said, I've told you all of these things. But it's time now for you to activate. It's time for you to go and to do. And I find it so interesting in the Bible that the disciples, after Jesus ascends, they're ready to turn their world upside down. They're ready to go and to do the great and the mighty things that Jesus said they would do. Why? It was because they were preparing 
for three and a half years with Jesus at their side. And when the moment came, when Jesus was gone, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, came. And then he said, it's time to go and to do. So the Holy Ghost comes. Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost. He tells everybody they've got to repent. They've got to be baptized. In Acts 2 and 43, it states after that that a great many number of signs and wonders came to the church. I've said all of that and I've laid all of that groundwork this evening to just remind somebody and to tell somebody that the enemy, what I feel in the Holy Ghost is, the enemy has taken some of our joy because we've not seen the answer yet. And if we were being honest, if we were to ask for a show of hands, I'd be willing to bet that probably 55% of this room would raise their hands if you fall under that criteria right now that because you've not seen an answer for a big prayer that you've been praying that you might feel a little depleted of your joy or of your faith. And But I've come to remind somebody tonight that just because that, that may be how you feel right now doesn't mean that's how things are right now. Because the Bible states that we serve a God whose ways are higher than our ways and past our finding outs. So the enemy will lie to you and try to convince you that just because you're feeling like you don't have the answer to your prayer yet, you're feeling like there is no hope, you're feeling like you are lost, you're feeling like there is nothing that God can do right now, that may be how you feel, but that may not be the whole story. Because the whole story is is that God has already seen the beginning and he's already seen the end and he's seen everything in between. So if you might be here in the middle and you're saying, God, I see you in the past, but I don't see you in the future. Maybe it's time to start preparing for a miracle. It may be time to put on the shouting shoes all over again and say, God, I'm showing up tonight to let you know that I prepared my heart for a miracle, God. It may not come tonight, but God, I'm standing in faith. I'm going to begin to exercise that faith to know that you are able to do it I've come to punch the devil in the mouth tonight and I'm sick and tired of the lies that he tries to tell everybody that you can't that God can't but let me just remind somebody we know we read the back of the book and we know who wins the Bible states that he is the alpha he is the omega he is the beginning and he is the end and I've come to tell somebody that if you could just be saying you know what I'm going to begin to prepare for the miracle I may not see it but God will respond The enemy has been working overtime to try and discourage people of the church. The reason why is because when you get discouraged, your faith begins to dwindle. And when your faith begins to dwindle, you begin to give up and begin to stop praying prayers. Man, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel what the enemy's trying to do in this service right now. You've stopped praying prayers for people. You've stopped praying prayers for yourself because you have lost all faith. You've lost the ability to believe that God can. But I've just come to tell somebody tonight that God can and he will. If it was a promise, if it was a word, God can and God will. All it may require is you to take a step of faith tonight and say, God, I am going to begin to prepare for the miracle even though I can't see it. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Jesus. 
He told his disciples, and the disciples begin to do, and the disciples begin to go lay hands on the sick. They see them recover. The disciples begin to lay hands on people that have been sick for years. The disciples are thrown into jail. The disciples are ridiculed and wrongly accused, and the disciples are sitting there, and they're saying sometimes, they're like, well, we don't know what else to do. Paul and Silas said, hey, we don't know what else to do. It may seem like midnight, but we're just going to praise and worship, and the next thing you know, the walls fall down. Peter's locked in prison. The church has a prayer meeting. The next thing you know, an angel comes and drags Peter out of prison. Why? The church was already praying for the miracle and then all of a sudden Peter shows up and Rhoda says hey you know what this is what we've been praying for this is what we've been seeking God for and they say oh Rhoda just hold on a second let me just tell you just because someone in the church may try and say you don't know what you're talking about doesn't mean that God still is forgotten God has forgotten about you because I've come to tell you tonight God has not forgotten about you God sees you in every plight God sees you in every dilemma and the same God that knows that you're beginning knows you're in and the same God that saw you when you were at your worst is the same God that will see you at your best. And so the disciples, all of a sudden, Peter keeps knocking and they open the door and they say, well, this is strange. We've been praying for this. Don't be surprised when God does the miracle. Don't be surprised when what you've been praying for, God answers. That's the whole element of what we're praying for. That's the whole element of faith is to say, you know what? I I, I may may not have ever seen God provide a financial miracle to somebody. And if you never have, you can ask me after service, and I'll tell you, financial miracle after financial miracle, because God has done it for me. If you've never seen the blind eyes open, we could talk after service. I've seen the blind eyes open. If you've never seen the deaf ears unstopped, we could talk after service. I've seen the deaf ears unstopped. I've seen backs that have had issues where the people could not stand up straight. All of a sudden, in a single encounter with Jesus, begin to have perfect posture. But every single one of those miracles had something in common, and that was that they were willing to prepare before a miracle before they ever saw it. So I don't know what it is that you've walked in here with tonight. And for some of us, it may be we need a job. Some of us, it may need we, we just need God just to do something in our lives. And I don't know, but I have come to tell you tonight that God can do it. God can do it. You see, I preached recently at a church where there was a man who lost his wife to cancer. And I'll never forget, I I know the family, and as I was talking to them, I just began to talk to them. But as through conversations and through things that were happening, this person told me, he said, you know, I was convinced that God would heal. But for whatever reason, God didn't. And he said, for the first few days, I thought it would absolutely rock my faith. He said, but at the end of the day, God still provides miracles after miracles. And he said, you know, I don't, I don't know why God didn't heal. And he said, I would have loved for God to heal my wife and for his, his son. He said, I would have loved for God to heal my mom. But the next thing I know is I see this young man, he's up there who's just buried his mom, speaking faith that God is going to do great and mighty things in their church. And I've just come to tell somebody tonight that sometimes the enemy will use those things where it may, we may not feel that God answered the prayer the way we want. And that's a hard prayer sometimes to pray that, God, I, I don't understand it. 
And how do we still pray for faith? And how do we still believe? And how do we still prepare for miracles when, man, it seems like God didn't answer the things that we've been praying for yet. But just because you've never seen it doesn't mean that God can't do it. So musicians come tonight. I just feel in the Holy Ghost that the enemy has tried to beat some of us up for a little while. Tried to diminish our spirit, tried to diminish our faith in who God is. Because we've prayed and we've seen nothing. We've fasted and we've seen nothing. But in our text chapter, David is at this moment where the ark is coming back. And here he is. And just shortly before this few months, they've buried Uzzah because he touched the cart when he wasn't even supposed to be near the ark. David's had had to watch Obed-Edom get blessed when he should have never been blessed because the ark should have never stopped at his house. But David says, you know what? I've tried to do it my way and I've failed. He said, it's time to get the Levites. It's time to get the priests. But before we do that, you know, David's inclination could have been that God was not going to honor their sacrifice because they had just tried to bring the ark back. And here it was, the holy ark. It didn't matter. Uzzah should have been able to stop the ark. We don't know. But David says, you know what, before we get the priests, before we get get everything that goes along with it, before you put on your priestly garments, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for the miracle. I can picture David right now cleaning stuff out, moving stuff out of the way, saying, oh man, the ark is going to look good here because David's already seen the ark. He's already seen it within touching distance. He's already seen that ark begin to move and he says, you know what? The ark is going to look perfect here and I know that when the sun hits it, it's going to shine just right here in this location and the enemy has convinced some of us that just because we've seen it before, that was all God is ever going to show us. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Just because you've been able to pray and you've laid hands on the sick and you've seen it done done before, but you've not seen it since, that there's no way that God is ever going to do it for you like he did there. You're right, God might do it bigger than that. Because all of a sudden, David says, you know what? You may have been praying for a financial blessing. You may have been praying for a miracle. And and you've not seen anything for a long time. But, oh, man, I can picture it in my mind now what my life is going to look like when God opens the door for a new job or when my lost child comes back to the kingdom of God or or what I've been praying for, the miracles that I need in my health, in my current situation. All of a sudden, I see it right there. And David, in his mind, I'm sure he just begins to wander just a little bit. And I'm sure he begins to say, you know what, this is going to be the perfect place. This right here is the perfect place for the most holy thing that we've got to reside. You see, the enemy has tried to convince some of us that the best days of our walk and our relationship with God are behind us. Yeah, when you prayed through, when you were there, and when you experienced God at summer revival or passing the mantle, that's the best it's ever going to be for you. 
It's the best it's ever going to be for you. You're never going to be able to get back to that place of living an overcoming lifestyle because you see, the enemy has tried to beat up some of us that have tried to overcome addictions or try to overcome things that set us down, that pull us down, and we mess up, we fail, and all of a sudden we've got an uzzah right there and we're saying there's no way that God's ever going to bring the most holy thing back in my life, but I've come to tell somebody tonight. It's time to prepare for a miracle. As we stand all across this place right now, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the sweet presence of the Lord going to move in this place, in this altar. You see, you might have been struggling for a long time. But tonight, on September 20th, 2023, it might be the night that you might need to prepare for a miracle here at the altar. If you need a touch in your body, God can do it here tonight. If you need the Holy Ghost, God can fill you here tonight. If you need to be refilled, God can refill you here tonight. What am I saying? I'm saying that there is a miracle that when we begin to prepare for it, it says, God, (laughs) I've tried it my way and I failed. And your word says that if I come before you and I lay myself on the altar of repentance, that you are faithful to forgive and that your mercies are new every morning and great is thy faithfulness. So Lord, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to prepare for a miracle. So right where you are right now, we're just going to repent. We're going to ask that God would forgive us for anything in our lives that we've done that may not be pleasing to the Lord in your own words. Right now, all across this place, Lord, I ask that you would forgive me, God. Anything, God, in my life that I've placed before you, oh Lord, I ask for your forgiveness, God. I ask that you would help me, God, to correct anything in my life, God, that does not belong, that would separate me from you, God. And I pray, Lord, that your presence, that your grace would find me once again, oh Lord. And see me here on the altar of repentance, oh God. Because, Lord, I want to be right with you. I want to put myself in a position where I can prepare for a miracle. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now that we've prepared our hearts, I believe that God wants to do something special. If you need want to come to the altar to prepare yourself for a miracle. We're going to pray and we're going to speak the word of faith and I believe that God's going to do great things tonight. But I believe that this is a moment that you'll look back on and you'll say that I prepared myself for what God wanted to do in my life. (laughs) See, I I, I struggled. I've messed up. I've, I've made some mistakes. But Lord, I want to prepare myself for a miracle. I want to prepare myself for what you want to do in my life. And if you need a miracle, I want you to come stand as close as you can to the altar. If you need a miracle, if you need a physical miracle, a financial miracle tonight, I want you to come stand at this altar as close as you can. We're going to pray and God's going to do it here in just a moment. This is beautiful. God's getting ready to do something supernatural. If you've got faith that God is getting ready to do it, I want you to just come in and fill in behind people if you can. If you've got faith that God's going to do it, I want you to just come in and fill in behind people. 
Let's just begin to pray right now. If you know how to pray in the Spirit, just begin to pray in the Spirit. We're going to release the word of faith here in just a moment. But if you know how to pray in the Spirit, just begin to pray in the Spirit right now. Let the Lord begin to speak to us before anything happens. David is preparing, was preparing the ark, and he was preparing a place for it to go. He said, this looks right. This looks like this is where it should go, the most holy thing that we've got. It's got to go right here. So right now, Oh, God's getting ready to do something special in this place. He's getting ready to do something special. He's getting ready to wipe out shame that has been occurring for years. He's getting ready to wipe out all manner of guilt that the enemy has riddled you with every single day. Release the word of faith. Something is shifting in this room right now. Chains of bondage are falling off in this place right now. Come on, it might be a long time since you've really prayed, but right now is a good moment to do so. It's a good moment to step in right now. There's about to be a demonstration of the Lord in this place right now. Open your eyes to the Spirit right now and you're going to see chains of bondage falling off. There's an atmosphere that's shifting right now. walk down here tonight and you need a miracle or you just want to begin to prepare yourself for a miracle I want you to just lift your hands all across this room when I say in Jesus name I want you to just shout hallelujah with all that you've got and God's getting ready to sweep throughout this place here we go Lord right now by the authority of your word and the power that is in the name of Jesus God I loose the working of miracles in this house right now God, from front to back, side to side, I pray that every single person that needs a touch from the Master right now, whether it be in their mind, in their body, or in their soul, or in their spirit, would receive the miracle that they need right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details. Thank you.